Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. As he obeyed God, as he stepped out in faith, we would see that he would become a fisher of men. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people brought into the kingdom. And shortly thereafter, 5,000 people coming to our Lord Jesus Christ. Obedience brings abundance. It brings God's blessing. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. There are many people that claim to love Jesus, but they prove their disloyalty and lack of love for God when they do not do what He says. Those that truly love Christ with their whole hearts are obedient children. In today's message from Luke chapter 5, Pastor Ed teaches us that when we obey the Lord, we will be blessed with all heavenly blessings. The servant who does what the Lord commands will live a purposeful life full of good fruit for the kingdom of God. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of his message entitled, The Call to Discipleship. Inevitably, He's going to ask you to do something. The listening demands a response. We're told in the book of James, don't be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. So truly listening leads to doing something, to service. Discipleship demands involvement. When we hear the call of God, it comes to right where we are. Here the disciples are. They're not in church, though God can speak in church, and he does. But they're right in everyday living. And they're working. And God's speaking to them. How many of you know that God can speak to you at work? God could speak to you in the car. He could speak to you at home. You just hear that still, small voice, and he gets your attention. Well, God was speaking to them in the midst of all that they were doing, getting their attention, asking them to do something for him. Has God been speaking to you? Has he been talking to you about his life, your life? Has he been asking you to serve, to do something, to be involved? It's not always in church. It's sometimes at home. It could be in the middle of the night when you're sleeping and you wake up and suddenly you think about someone that you need to pray for or someone you need to help, or something that needs to be done. It can be a burden that just comes back again and again and again and again. But God does speak, and His speaking will lead you to service. It will lead you to involvement, to doing something. Now, the call to discipleship comes right where we are, right in the midst of life. 
The call to discipleship launches us into an obedient life. The call to discipleship always will launch you into an obedient life. Uh, Someone has said, It is not what we do that matters, but what our sovereign God chooses to do through us. God doesn't want our success. He wants us. He doesn't demand our achievements. He demands our obedience. That's exactly what he's going to ask from Peter. Discipleship involves the obedient life. Notice verses 4 and 5. Jesus asked him, will you launch out into the deep? Now, that doesn't make sense. It's the middle of the day. The sun is beating down on the lake. Uh, The fish aren't going to be on the surface. They're going to go down deep. The best time to fish is at night. Uh, They went to the best spots. They knew this area. They were fishermen. Jesus was a carpenter. There was a great crowd of people standing on the shore. Uh, They would have watched the disciples go out, and there were skilled fishermen along the shore that would begin to laugh. What are they doing? And Jesus says, I want you to go out into the deep. And I want you to let down the nets. They had just finished washing the nets. Let them down into the deep. There's going to be nothing there. There are times that God asks you to do things that just doesn't, doesn't make sense to you. It just doesn't seem like, God, I can't figure that out. Why are you asking me to do that? That does not make sense. Uh, Peter was an experienced fisherman. His peers, his colleagues would have been watching and looking and questioning and and snickering. What in the world are they doing this time of the day? We have to obey even when at times it doesn't feel comfortable. Even when it doesn't feel like, boy, this this is the right thing. Sheila Cassidy a British doctor, felt the call of God to go to Chile to use her gifts in helping the sick. She helped anybody who asked her. She helped anybody who had a need. And because she did that, the dictator in Chile threw her into prison, tortured her, and abused her. Eventually, she went back to Britain and worked among the terminally ill. She wrote a book, an autobiography, called The Audacity to Believe. The Audacity to Believe. And in the book she wrote, and I want to read to you a short paragraph. How can one convey the agony and ecstasy of being called by God? At one moment, one is overawed By the immensity of the honor. And in the same breath one screams, No, no, please, not me. I can't take it. That which seconds ago was a privilege becomes an outrageous 
outrageously unfair demand. But then she adds, I thought about it, and I knew that I did not want to say no, and that however much it hurt, I could humbly, only humbly accept. She accepted the call that God gave her, even though it was difficult. Peter would be called again and again throughout his life to obey even though he didn't understand. There was a time he was in Cornelius' house and, and God gave him a message to preach to Gentiles. The door of evangelism was opening to the Gentile world. It went against everything that he had grown up and learned about in terms of Jewish culture and religion and suddenly God was going to invite Gentiles into the covenant relationship with him and there Cornelius would be saved in his household couldn't understand don't they have to be Jewish first before they could become part of the kingdom don't they have to be circumcised follow the Mosaic law Uh, but God was speaking to Peter and he had Learn to obey God's voice even then at times when he didn't understand. Understanding often comes later. Someone has said, understanding can wait, but obedience cannot. Whenever we obey, it always leads to abundance. The obedient life leads to the abundant life. In verses 6 to 7... And this time their nets were so full they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners into the other boat, in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. There was the best catch they ever had. They caught so many fish that they couldn't put them in the boat. And they had to call their partners over to put the fish there. Obedience leads to abundance. This is almost a picture of what would happen in Peter's life as he obeyed God, as he stepped out in faith. We would see that he would become a fisher of men. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people brought into the kingdom, and shortly thereafter, 5,000 people coming to our Lord Jesus Christ. Obedience brings abundance. It brings God's blessing. Uh, This miracle was a unique miracle. It wasn't the healing of someone or the deliverance of a person. It was just an abundant supply of fish. And it spoke to the disciples of their responsibility to obey. And their obedience would bring God's abundant life to them. The third and final thing that I'd like you to see is that the call to discipleship produces a purposeful life. A purposeful life. What are the characteristics of this call? It comes right where we live. God can just stop us in the middle of what we're doing and speak to us. Uh, That call to discipleship will launch you into obedience That obedience will be sometimes beyond your ability to understand, but it always will be marked by God's blessing. And that call to discipleship 
will produce in you a purposeful life. I like what John Calvin said. Our vocation sometimes coincides with our employment, but sometimes it is some other duty for the kingdom. God gives Christians a vocation or calling so that we will not wander aimlessly in life. There's something about serving God that gives us purpose. There's something about living for God that gives us a reason to live for tomorrow. That puts into the mundane a higher purpose, a reason. So many people wander aimlessly through life without reason, purpose, or rhyme. But God, when he calls and you respond in obedience... It'll lead to a life of purpose and meaning. It will be productive. Uh, What happens in Peter's life? There's greater insight. Greater insight. In Luke 8 to 11, when Simon Peter saw this, he saw the multitude of fish, the miracle that had taken place, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Peter had seen water change to wine. He had seen his mother-in-law healed. He had seen other miracles take place. But this miracle did something in his heart. Maybe it was because it was in his trade. Something that he was familiar with. Something that spoke to him. He was a fisherman and he knew the sea. He knew it would have been impossible to get such a haul of fish at this time of day out in the deep waters. Didn't make sense. And when he saw the miracle, suddenly he saw God. He saw God in Christ Jesus. And it changed him. Like Abraham. When God spoke to him in the era of Chaldeas, it changed him like Moses on the backside of the desert when God spoke in that burning bush it changed him like David when the anointing oil was poured on his head it changed him like Isaiah in the house of God when he sees the Lord high and lifted up whenever we see Jesus we see ourselves Whenever we really see who Jesus is, that's a step towards self-understanding. I I wish sometimes that we would have a better understanding of ourselves. We'd make far less mistakes. We'd do far better in life. But that understanding comes really when we encounter God and we see Him in his holiness and his righteousness. And suddenly, Simon realizes, you know, I'm a sinful man. And he began a process of purification in his life. It began a process of transformation in his life. It began a process of changing on the inside. Some people walk through life so oblivious to their weaknesses, to their flaws, to their faults, and they're constantly stumbling over themselves, constantly falling over the same mistakes again and again and again. It's just a a pattern that 
Well, it follows them to the end of the journey. But when we see Jesus, the process of sanctification begins in our life, of transformation, of change. And here Peter says, I'm a sinful man, Lord. I'm not worthy. That's what grace should do to us. This miracle was a a gift of God's grace. Reluctantly, Peter was obeying. Reluctantly, Peter was putting the ship out into the deep and letting down the nets. But God, in his grace, blessed him with an abundance. Grace should humble us and break us. And that's what's happening in Peter's life. He's being broken before God. He's being humbled. I like the words of Jesus, though, in response to Peter. Jesus said to him, don't be afraid. Isn't that so much like God? We see ourselves. Now, imagine if I read the story this way. If I came to the platform and said, okay, Jesus was walking by the seaside, and there he saw a strong, strapping man. And in the other boat was some captain who... uh, just was malnutritioned and he was ugly. Peter was handsome. And he saw this strong, strapping man, someone that could really make a difference in this kingdom. And so he asked Peter to help him. And Peter, with just great faith, says, anything you want, Lord. You'd say, that isn't the way the story happened. Now, it may be the way people in our culture think because we look on people's outward appearance. We look at outward characteristics. Jesus didn't choose Peter on that basis. He didn't choose Peter because he was the most educated person along that village front on that seashore. He didn't choose Peter because of Peter's attributes. It was a divine, sovereign choice. He could say to Peter, he could say to the disciples, you have not chosen me, but I chose you. It's not because of any attributes that we have that God's grace comes to visit us and reach down to us. It's because of his great love for us. He would make Peter. Uh, It's a misnomer to think that That's the self-made man. No, no, it's the God-made man. He says to Peter, don't be afraid. Peter, from now on you'll catch living people. And that's the way you can translate that verse. But you see a greater insight and you see a greater ministry. He says, so they they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. Now picture uh, the sons of Zebedee. Picture their father, picture their family. This had been a family business. There was no social security system back then. They were depending on their children to support them and carry on the family business. And fishing business was one of the most lucrative businesses that a person could be involved in in those days because it was one of the staple items that they ate. And here... They pull up to the shore, the greatest catch that they ever made, and they leave it. And they just walk away. 
Now, I'm sure their partners or family members cast in on that great hall. But you know, God sometimes asks us to leave the things that are so distracting, that clamor for our attention, that call us here and call us there and call us to the other place. And he says, will you give your attention to me? Come. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And they left everything. Everything. That's risky business. That's not easy. Uh, Listen to what Derek Bonhoeffer says. He is called out, speaking of the disciples, and has to forsake his old life in order that he may exist in the strictest sense of the word. The old life is left behind and completely surrendered. The disciple is dragged out of his relative security into a life of absolute insecurity, out of the realm of the finite, into the realm of infinite possibilities. It is nothing else than the bondage to Jesus Christ alone. Everything. They surrender. They leave it. Has God been speaking to you? Some area he's asking you to launch out with him in an area of obedience. You'll have greater insight. You'll see how much you need him. And you'll see how unworthy you are of the least of his blessings. But I tell you, it'll be greater ministry. God was going to take and use ordinary men to do something very extraordinary. They were going to turn their world upside down. Why didn't Jesus choose the educated religious leaders of his time? Why didn't he go to the school of the religious leaders and ask for the finest students? Well, I think he wanted every generation to know that it's not our qualifications that qualify us is his call and our obedience to his call that makes all the difference is God saying something to you this morning asking you to obey in an area of your life where maybe um, it's a legitimate area but he's asking you to trust him maybe it's be more involved in the church Maybe it's be involved in some ministry. Perhaps it's it's doing something for him. I read a story about William Borden. He was the heir to the Borden Diary estate, the the Borden Dairy estate rather. And it was in 1904. He went to Yale University and his parents were wealthy. They decided to give him a trip around the world. As he went around the world, he developed a heart for missions. And he was willing to give up everything to hear and to heed God's call. He died a very young man. His heart was to reach the Muslim world. In his Bible... He wrote, no reserves, no retreats, no regrets. Do you think the disciples regretted that decision? No. You'll never regret obeying Christ. I tell you, it's a journey. 
but it's absolutely the best life you could live. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God, right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.